Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Got a good word to get to you, so let's let's jump into it. We've got several things to cover in this chapter, and I will do my best to do this briefly and succinctly and rightfully divided for you. Genesis chapter 12, we are in the book of Genesis uh, on Wednesday nights, and we've covered several things up to this point, and now we've come to chapter 12 and beginning the life of Abraham. There's no way that I'll be able to cover his life in one night. We're going to have to at least do this in two parts, maybe three, maybe four, but either way, um, because there's so much about Abraham we need to discover and to learn and to be reaffirmed in and to understand so we're going to just take our time. That's what we're doing. We're taking our time through this book. <clears throat> it's a marvelous book. And this is the foundation, really, of everything that we believe and know. This is before the law. Um, and this is when men began to, especially starting here, began to walk by faith, which is the highest law. This is the higher law. And uh, higher than, than, than the, even the law of Moses. It uh, exceeds that and goes way beyond it. And so this is our beginning right here in faith, Abraham known as the father of our faith. And so we're going to start in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Before we get into that, Abraham was born to a man by the name of Terah, T-E-R-A-H. And uh, Terah was 70 years old when he had Abram. And then Terah lived to be 205 years old. And Terah took his family. They They were planning to go to a place called Canaan. But they ended up stopping in a place called Haran, and that's where they settled. All right? A place called Haran, H-A-R-A-N, from a place called Ur of the Chaldeans. And they settled there in Haran, and that is actually where Terah, Abraham's father, lived out his days until his death at 205 years old. Uh, So now we open up chapter 12, and they're in this place called Haran. And Abraham is there, and the Lord comes to him and speaks. Verse 1, now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now, you know, this is a tall order from God, isn't it? Think about all that he's telling Abraham that he needs to do. All right, get out of your country, get out away from your family, and out of your father's house. Um, everything about our identity as people is, is basically made up of where we're from, who we're from, what we do, and what we have. All right, that basically makes up our identity. And so God is telling Abraham. <laughs> I'm changing your whole identity. All right? Everything that you've been associated with that has made you the man you are and given you the reputation that you have is now over. You're coming into a new thing. This is He's 75 years old at this point when God comes to him. All right? He's lived a life. But now he's really about to live life like he's never known before. So he says, get up out of your place. Get away from your people. And away from your profession and your provision. See, the, back in Abe's time, men did work that their father did. 
Their father taught them their trade, and then they passed that down to their sons, and that's how the generations went from generation to generation. Men knew basically what their fathers taught them, and then maybe what they heard on the news. They had Fox News back then, you know. And, no, just, just news that got around. That, that, was, that was about it until education became a priority, but back then it wasn't a priority. It was that you just did what your dad did, and then that was your... That was your profession, and then, and then your provision came through that, but also came through inheriting once your, once your father passed away, inherited. So profession is provision, is place, and is people, and God's told him to leave that. God brought Abraham out of all that he knew, all that identified him. He led him from his place, his people, his profession, and his provision, but God had a plan, and God's plan for Abraham was to take him into promise. Take him into promise. And that is that God would show him through his word, through his declarations, his promises to him, the kind of life that he could live outside of the ordinary, outside of what other people on a daily basis experience. God was going to show Abraham how to live the kind of life that he could provide for. But he was going to have to trust him. He was going to have to learn to walk by faith in order to live this kind of life that would exceed the norm. Um, and God would make these promises to him. Some of the things that God promised to Abraham, he promised him land. He promised him a new place. Listen to Genesis chapter 13, verses 15 and 17. If we can bring that up on... Oh, never mind. We ain't bringing that up on the board. All right, I'll just read it for you, Genesis. You might actually have to turn in your Bibles for a moment. You hear that Bible? Open? <laughs> we make it too easy for you, don't we? Huh? Come on, work a little bit. Turn that page. Oh. Genesis, <laughs> Genesis chapter 13, verse 15. For all the land which you see, this is God speaking to Abraham, all the land which you see, I will give to you and your descendants. How long? forever. Jump down to 17. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. So God promised Abram a new place. He promised him land. The next, another thing that God promised him was children. Abraham's an old man and he doesn't have any kids, but God promises him kids. All right, It's in that promise that you find, it's in God's promise that you find life is not normal in the promise. People don't have babies at 90 and 100 years old, but in the promise, it's quite normal. Amen. All right? Promises them descendants. Promises in, in, in chapter 13, verse 16, he says, I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. In Genesis 15, Two chapters over, verse 5, God reiterates this again. He said, then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. I love this. God shows him. He likens his children, his descendants, to sand and stars. Sand and stars. Things that you can't count. Things that are in abundance. He said, this is how your descendants are going to be. And Abraham was out in that desert land. And don't you know he saw lots of sand. God wanted his eyes full of his kids. Everywhere he looked, he'd see his descendants. He looked up that starry night. He looked up, there he is. There's his kids again. 
God wanted him to be reminded of this by giving him these word pictures to keep his eyes full of the promise, not of the hindrances, not of what, as, as Romans says, that con- him contrary to hope, in hope believed. He had no reason to hope for kids. He's an old man. And his body, the scripture says, as good as dead. In other words, he had one foot in the grave. And yet God's telling him, look at your kids. His promise pulls us into anything is possible, into possibility. Now, let's go, in, let's go further. God, God promised him that he would bless him, didn't he? He said, I will bless you. Listen to this in... in, in um, Oh, right here, chapter where we were, chapter 12, verse 2. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. So God promises him land. He promises him a new place. He promises him people, his descendants. And here he promises him provision. His blessing is his provision. All he needs to know is that he's blessed. He's blessed of God. All right? How am I blessed? In everything. You're blessed in provision. And we see later on just how God blessed him in provision. But check this out. Not only was the blessing about provision, the blessing was about a new profession for him. And what was that profession? Now you're going to be a blessing to others. That's your job now. That's your new profession. You have the provision of blessing and you have the profession of blessing. Hallelujah. I will bless you, and then you will act like me. You will bless others. Beautiful. And he says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow. Another thing God promised to Abram or Abraham was he promised himself to him. And really, that's the ultimate thing. He says, you get me. In in Genesis 15, it opens up in verse 1. God comes to Abraham. Listen to what he says. It says in uh, verse 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Abraham's new journey with God would be based on promise. That is, Abraham would learn to live his life on God's word. Abraham would walk by faith. He would walk by faith. And let me remind you that Abraham, in chapter 12, God told him to get up, get out of his country, away from his family and from his father's house to a land that I will show you. Did Abraham do it? Did he do it? Did he obey God? Absolutely he did. He got up and he left. Abraham obeyed God, and yet he's not righteous. He's not made righteous yet. Obedience doesn't make you righteous. All right, the next chapter. We go to the next chapter, verse 13, and Abraham comes out of Egypt. He's written, now, now, when he got to the place where God told him to go, there was a famine there, so Abraham didn't stick around there. He went over to Egypt. And the scripture says after he spent some time in Egypt, when he came out, he was rich in gold, silver, and cattle. All right? He comes out of Egypt. So now we understand that he's blessed. We see the blessing. We see that provision upon his life, God's hand upon him. So he's obedient, and he's not made righteous. He's blessed, and he's not righteous. 
Later on in that same chapter, Abraham and his nephew Lot, because they had so, they'd come out of Egypt, Lot was always with him, uh, because they had come out with such great possessions, their herdsmen that are watching their cattle, they start fighting over whose cattle is who and who needs to stay off of their property. And so finally Abraham comes up to Lot and says, Lot, listen, we kinfolk, man. We don't need to be fighting. Our relationship is better than this. You know, we need to just get our own space. I tell you what, Lot, if you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. Doesn't matter because the blessing of the Lord is upon me. So wherever I go, I'm blessed. It's not about a location. It's about who I belong to. All right? It's about me being there. And when I'm there, it's blessed. Let me just say it to you. Wherever you go, wherever you go, you bring the blessing. All right? The blessing isn't in a place. The blessing is on you. The blessing is in you. You are the location of the blessing. All right? So wherever you go, you, you need to have an expectation and an awareness of that, that others around you will be affected by that, by that blessing that's on your life. Amen. That business will be blessed because the blessing is on your life. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so, so they split up. They split ways. All right. So think about this. Abraham wasn't saying, listen, <clears throat> God called me. He didn't call you. You followed me. So I'm going to pick and then you're going to get to pick. No, he said, Lot, you choose. So Abraham's a humble man, isn't he? Right? He's a humble man. And yet, through obedience, through blessing, through humility, he's still not righteous. Still not made righteous. Interesting, isn't it? Wow. Chapter 14. Now, this is amazing. Remember, Abraham went to war, took his 318 men, they went to war. They beat four kings. They, five kings got defeated by four kings, and he did what five kings couldn't do. He defeated those four kings who had actually kidnapped his nephew Lot. Shouldn't have done that. All right, and he brought back all the people and all the spoils of war, and he's coming to this place called the Valley of Shava, the king's valley, to meet the king of Sodom there to get all the people back and all the stuff. And, and this man steps in between him and the king. Y'all remember his name? Melchizedek, all right? He was the priest of God Most High. He was a king. He was also a priest. And, uh, and he was a priest of the Most High God, and he was the king of Salem, later would become Jerusalem, all right? So here's Melchizedek, and he comes out bringing bread and wine, and he says, blessed are you, Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And the scripture says that Abram took the tenth of, a tenth of the spoils of war, and he tithed to the high priest to that priest. God didn't give him instructions to do that. Abram did it in response to that blessing. He pronounced the blessing and Abram said, yeah, I got to do something. I got to respond. I need to do something here. So he gives this 10%. He tithes. He's humble. He's, he's obedient. He's blessed. He's a tither and he's still not righteous. He's, he looks that way, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Kind of makes me think of old Cornelius. Remember Acts chapter 10, the first Gentile convert in the New Testament, that is. Scripture says he was a devout man, one who feared God with all of his house. He prayed to God always. He gave generously. And yet, he wasn't righteous. Hmm? But then we get over to chapter 4. 15, verse 6, when God tells, tells Abraham to look at those stars, 
Verse 6, it says, And he, that is Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he, God, accounted it to him for righteousness. Abraham was made righteous, not through works, not through doing good things, not through being nice, not through being humble, but through simply believing God. Abraham sent up faith, and God said, that's righteousness. As if faith and righteousness are the same thing. Hmm? And God, God, is. think about this. In accounting terms, if he sends up, God's got his, uh, his bookkeeper next to him, and Abraham sends up faith, and God says, okay, write that Abraham is righteous. Faith is righteousness. But account his faith as righteousness. So the angel says, uh, what? He says that. He said, you, but he's, he has sinned up faith. Yeah, write it down as righteousness. You know, but God, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I trust you, but. I need you to tell me because otherwise I'm, I'm not doing what's right here. I, I, this is call, that's called cooking the books. If he's sending up one thing and I'm saying it's another, you, you, I need you to tell me faith is righteousness. Faith is righteousness. Write it down. He believed God and God accounted that to him for righteousness. Isn't that powerful? So, why is that important for us? That's everything for us. Yeah. Now I want us to go over to Romans chapter 4. Everybody good? You still love me? Yeah. Amen. All right. What do you mean still, Pastor? I never did. <laughs> I don't know. Stuff that goes through my head. Okay. I'm, Romans chapter 4, <laughs> verse 3. <laughs> well, will you start? <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a conversation with myself up here. Romans 4, 3. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. We just read that, didn't we? Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Notice what it says there, that to him who does not work but believes on him, he, makes a, he draws the line and makes a clear distinction between works and faith, doesn't he? Him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. In other words, Paul just taught us something that many of us never heard for many years. We only heard one thing about faith without works, right? What we heard for many years as faith without works is dead. But Paul says here, faith without works is righteousness. Faith without works is righteousness. Him who does not work, but believes. So James says faith without works is dead. Paul says faith without works is righteousness. And both of them are exactly right. Because both of them are talking to two different people. James is preaching to the Jews. Paul is preaching to the Gentiles. All right. And our gospels are a bit different. The essence is Christ, of course. The essence is Christ, but how that gospel is carried out and lived out is quite different. All right? And we'll, we'll talk about that later. Now, let's jump down to verse 9. 
does this blessedness then come upon the circumcised only, or the Jews, or upon the uncircumcised, that's the Jews, also? For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it accounted? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. That is, in other words, it wasn't while he was a Jew, it was while he was still just like you. Men, anyway. Us. A Gentile. All right? It was while Abraham, that's when he believed God. Now watch. Uh, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of faith. It's not what made him righteous. It was the sign that he was righteous. It was the seal of the righteousness of faith, okay? Which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who what? Believe. Though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. And that's you and me. All right. God made sure that Abraham, the way he would become the father of us Gentiles, would be that he would have to believe God before he did any works. He would have to just simply believe God. Because he already did works up to that point, and none of that was making him righteous. God wanted us to be very clear that in order to be made righteous, it's one thing, it's one requirement, and that is to only believe. That's it. Believe. All right? So Abraham then could become the father of us. And later on, James talks about how, ju- how he was justified by works and faith when he offered up Isaac on the mountain. See, that way Abraham could be the father of us Gentiles and he could be the father of the Jews too. That's what caused him to inherit the entire world, to be the father of all of us. Isn't that beautiful? Those who are justified by faith apart from works and those who are justified by faith with works. Glorious. Therefore, verse 16, therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Say, that's me. Did you hear me? The promise is sure to you. It's sure to you. This isn't wishful thinking. This isn't roll the dice, play the lottery with God. No, it is sure to you. All right. Not only to those who are of the law, that is the Jews, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, take your Bible quickly and go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 8. This was not on the notes there. Is that Lisa back there? Thank you, Lisa. Matthew chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 8. Sorry, this hit me after you received the, the notes or the the scripture references. So just talk to the Holy Spirit about that one. Matthew chapter 8, verse (laughs) 8. Then the uh, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Do you remember this story? Right? He had a, a, a sick servant, and Jesus said, I will come heal him. And he sent word, said, no, no, don't come. I'm not worthy you come to my house. You just say the word. Now, this is what he knows. Watch verse 9. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another come. And he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. So in other words, he said, I know how authority works. Because I'm under authority, that I have authority to give command. So what he's saying is, I know that you're a man under authority. And that God is your authority. So then all you have to do is say it, and it will happen. You just send the word because you sending the word is just as good as you yourself being there. All right? This is beautiful. Look what Jesus does. Look at verse 10. 
When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, who's those who followed? His guys. Surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. And I say to you, watch this, that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Who's he talking about here? Many will come. Many will come. He's, not, he's saying, listen, you're not the only Gentile. There's going to be many coming and sitting with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. I can tell you he's talking about us because of the next verse. But the sons of the kingdom would be cast out. Into outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So Jesus is talking about this day when us would come. We would come from the east and the west. Those who had no right, no place, but found a place by faith in God. Because we acted like Abraham and God could, he cannot deny anyone that acts like Abraham. He'll just believe him. Beautiful. All right. A couple more scriptures. Can you take a couple more? All right. Let's go to Galatians. It's the way Dr. Ivy Hilliard says it. I love Dr. Ivy Hilliard. He's a pastor out in Houston. Turn over to Galatians. Um, is this yet? Verse 6. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Man, are you tired of seeing that verse yet? No, because that's everything that we know hinges on that verse. Our whole New Testament doctrine. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are what? Those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Now next week um, we're going to talk about the blessing. That blessing that is upon Abraham. We're going to break it down and I want to show you the aspects of that blessing uh, and its relevance to your life. And then we're also going to look over at Jesus talking about Abraham in John chapter 8. It's powerful, powerful stuff. I've got some really good things I want to get to. But we needed to start here tonight in this man's life concerning his faith. His whole journey, the, the real journey began when he believed God. And that's when things began to speed up for Abraham. That's when Abraham began to see these promises come to pass. Because up to this point, he hadn't really seen it. He got to the land. What's there? There's a famine. <laughs> okay, <You're> get... <laughs> Thanks, God. I get here and there's a famine. All right, so he leaves. God says, and you and your descendants are going to be blessed. He hadn't seen any kids yet. All right, but when he believes God, things start happening. All right, the moment he gets in faith, things start happening. All these things that seem so outlandish and so coming to pass, coming to pass, coming to pass. It's beautiful. All right. Father, thank you for this time together in your presence. Thank you, God, for these faithful, faithful people, my brothers and sisters, God. Thank you for this family, God, that you've called us together for your purpose. You've called us together under this roof in this community, Father. Lord, to be lights here. Lord, to bring a a beautiful message to this world. A beautiful message, the good news. 
the good news of our God, that Christ died for our sins, that Christ was buried, that Christ rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Lord, that beautiful message, you've given it to us. And if we'll simply believe as Abraham did, we'll believe what you say, God, and we'll receive that promise of salvation, God. And from that day forward, Lord, we understand it's a walk of faith. As we began, so we walk. Lord, thank you that you've, you've put people in our lives that we can, we can act like Abraham for by praying for them as he prayed for Sodom, as he prayed, God, for a lot, that we can, and even as he prayed for the king, God, who had, who had uh, fallen under that plague. Father, I thank you that you also help us to be a blessing as Abraham was a blessing to be able to be well supplied, Lord, so that we can well supply others, God. When we come across a need, Lord, we can meet that need. We can be there, Lord, for them. and We can show your goodness, God, and Lord, that we can share the kindness of our God in our conversation, in our actions, Lord, in our attitudes, in our work ethic, that they will see, God, that this is a people who knows God. This is a people who are strong and who do great things for God. This is a people who live in promise. They don't live a normal life. Their identity is not wrapped up just in places and where they're from and all that. Their identity is wrapped up in a promise. That is, the word of God is what guides them. Lord, we thank you that your word has told us and continues to tell us who we are that we are no longer darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. And that now, God, that we, you've called us to walk as children of light, to be who we are and to do what we do, Father. Lord, I thank you for blessing your people now as they, they go from here tonight, that they go in the grace of God, that the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard their hearts and minds. Thank you for a good night rest tonight. Their sleep will be sweet and peaceful that Lord that they will rest low, both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone oh Lord make them dwell in safety when they rise in the morning Lord they rise with awareness it's Christ in me the hope of glory today now where they go you go and where they go they are lights their lives are on display demonstration and I thank you Father God that they influence many for your kingdom and for your glory for your purpose Hallelujah. Thank you for blessing them financially, blessing them in their bodies, health, blessing them in their minds, God. Their minds are renewed and strong. Blessing them, Lord, in their families, their marriages, their children, Father. In the name of Jesus. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.